The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. This is always our Tuesday morning, I guess Tuesday afternoon this week. Uh, fantasy football waiver wire show. We are heading into week four. We just got done with week three. And to be honest, the big theme this year is we just have not seen a slam dunk guy. You know, I mean, we had Jeff Wilson Jr., who was quite a good ad, but uh, you know, a lot of the guys, honestly, Greg Dorch has probably been one of the best waiver wire ads up until this point. This week we have Khalil Herbert and Jamal Williams, but those guys are owned, and you know, I would say most competitive, serious 12-team leagues. Now, if you're playing in a 10-team league, if you're playing with shallow benches, you know, 16-man rosters, those guys could totally be out there and uh, are totally worth bids. But, you know, we haven't had an Eli Mitchell type situation. We haven't had a spot to truly go all in. And, uh, you know, I think part of that is we talked about this a little bit last week. The market is just a lot better right now. You know, fantasy football players are better than they've ever been before. We definitely saw that in main event drafts this year. And then part of it is just a little bit of bad luck. You know, if we if we see two cluster injuries for a running back position, you know, for example, this week for the Bears, had David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert both gotten injured, then all of a sudden we're talking about Treston Ebner as one of the best running back ads of the week, and he's out there. And, you know, I, I would assume pretty much every single fantasy football league in existence. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get into it. As always, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Starting out at quarterback this week, Marcus Mariota remains the best streaming guy. You know, if you had Trey Lance, if you had uh, Dak Prescott, if you've been sitting there with your, you know, your just having a tough time with Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, I think you probably want to add Mariota. He's averaging 8.3 carries per game, about as good as you're going to find off the waiver wire. If you don't like Mariota, Jared Goff is going to be your guy. Uh, The the 31.6 points per game, Detroit just keeps scoring these points. He is, you know, basically a quarterback too, but they play the Seahawks this week. The Falcons just had, uh, you know, basically the best offensive game they're going to have. And also Seattle played uh, with an increased tempo. They were in 69 plays. Pretty surprising, you know, they've been basically... As long as Pete Carroll has been the coach, one of the slowest teams in football. But those are really the two guys I see out there as as clear ads this week. I continue to think that Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis are good stashes. I'm going to also add uh, our guy Zach Wilson to this list because the uh, the Jets just keep passing the ball. They they are passing the ball so much. Joe Flacco has 155 passing attempts through three games. They're running a lot of plays. Uh, running a lot of plays. They're running pretty fast. Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, and Elijah Moore, quite a good trio of wide receivers. And both of the running backs have been good pass catching backs as well. 
Malik Willis remains a good ad. I think we're still pretty far away from seeing him. You know, the Titans, uh, the Titans lose that game. They are uh, one and two. Now the Jaguars are looking pretty good. The Colts pick up a win. Uh, I maybe that makes it a little bit. Uh, a little bit more likely that they give up earlier than we would have anticipated. You know, that was kind of one of the things that we realized last week is the Titans, you know, could win eight games and feel like they're in the playoff race in that division until the very end. And then um, Kenny Pickett, I, I actually think there's a chance Kenny Pickett starts this week against the Jets. I think it's a small chance. I think it's more likely we see him in week five, but I do think there is a chance after that Thursday night loss to the Browns. Getting to the running backs, we have Khalil Herbert for the Chicago Bears. He had 157 rushing yards and uh, and two touchdowns in that game against the Texans. Any league where he's out there, uh, you know, spend kind of whatever you need to get. Now, we could see Montgomery even be back this week, so that would feel pretty bad. And, uh, you know, we could see better running back ads this week. However, I do think... What we're going to see is because this offense is so dedicated to running the ball, they have the league's highest run play rate uh, in in neutral scripts. And honestly, even in non-neutral scripts, they have just run the ball so much. It's hard for me to imagine Herbert, you know, not working his way into kind of an A.J. Dillon, Tony Pollard-esque role in terms of like total touches per game. Now, the number one running back ad, I think ahead of him is Jamal Williams. Nothing needs to be said. He's going to be a running back one while DeAndre Swift is out. But the guys behind them are probably more interesting. So Treston Ebner at Baylor, he played there for five years. I guess he played another year because of COVID stuff. He was super interesting. He had 343 rushes in college, but 127 receptions. He had only 150 fewer receiving yards than rushing yards. He scored three kick return touchdowns and a punt return touchdown as well. So I I think he's kind of the archetype of a guy who's fairly interesting in a receiving role at the NFL. I'm spending a buck on him. And then the other guy behind the guy is um, our guy, Craig Reynolds, who actually played a little bit each of the last two weeks, nine snaps in week two, 13 snaps in week three when Swift is banged up. Uh, He's been in Detroit for the last two years. He actually got 55 carries and eight targets last year. Uh, Again, been around the NFL forever. You know, not not a particularly great player or anything uh, like that. So don't even don't even know where this dude went to college. Not even listed. Uh, He went to Cutstown in Pennsylvania. And uh, yeah, I don't. I got. I got nothing there. Uh, looks like uh, their last guy drafted in the NFL draft was uh, John Mobley, a first round linebacker back in 1996. So that's all I got on Craig Reynolds. But you know, just a decent one dollar ad in the FFPC. Samaj Pirine needs to be owned in every 12 team league. You know, continues to be the clear second running back for the Bengals. Chris Evans has only handled one touch this year. Um, then I, I think one of the interesting moves this last week from a personnel perspective was James Cook actually got in before Zach Moss in the Bills game against the Dolphins. He only played 11 snaps, did play, uh, but that was you know more in a competitive game than he played in week one against the Rams where he fumbled, where he only got three snaps. And you know, I think the the general thesis for James Cook remains um, in play, but just not a very good week at running back. I mean, kind of a, actually, it's it's just been a shitty year for running backs on the waiver wire in general. One other guy, Jalen Warren, needs to be owned in every 12-team league. He's playing in uh, hurry-up situations, you know, third downs. He, he 
is more impactful for Najee than for himself. You know, I don't think you're wanting to start the Steelers third down back, but if Najee were to get injured, he is the only other Steelers running back who has taken a snap this week. Uh, Jalen Guyton. Uh, oh, so let's move to let's move to wide receiver now. Jalen Guyton uh, just tore his ACL. Now, obviously, DeAndre Carter. Uh, obviously, Josh Palmer is already owned in all of our leagues. But DeAndre Carter, who I poo pooed when he scored a touchdown in Week One, I don't really see how he gets off the field at this point. So he played 37% of the snaps in week one, 65% in week two against Kansas City, 74% after Guyton got hurt against the Jaguars. I mean, he is going to be their fourth wide receiver, but obviously, you know, Keenan, Mike, and Palmer, these guys are not all going to play 100% of the snaps. So there is a rotational guy available there. I think some cheap bids on Carter makes sense. Now, Rondell Moore and Greg Dorch, we've talked about Dorch each of the last two weeks. We talked about him as a freaking week zero guy. You know, we are we are in on him, but he became even more interesting this week because AJ Green suffered a knee injury, and uh, Rondale either may or may not be back. He still has not practiced. We'll see what happens there. But I do wonder, even if Rondale does return, if the Cardinals just run out the all-time small wide receiver trio of Rondale, Dorch, and Hollywood. I, I think he is just pretty much a wide receiver three in general while uh, while Rondale remains out. I mean, he has been the stone, clear, clear starting slot wide receiver for an offense that throws to their slot wide receivers, you know, by design almost more than any other offense. And then also Rondell Moore, if he's been dropped in your 12-team leagues, I think he needs to be picked up. Traylon Burks needs to be picked up in every 12-team league. He would be my top bid of the week. He led the Titans in routes run, uh, got a nice little end around, and uh, Woods, Robert Woods did have a big game, but Burks is Burks is the headliner there because he he just would played as a starter with Kyle Phillips out and Kyle Phillips if he got dropped last week when he was out maybe worth a buck as well uh, and you know what I'm actually gonna recant that I don't think this is crazy for me so I don't think Burks is the number one wide receiver ad I actually think it's Romeo Dobbs he got three targets on the Packers first drive eight targets eight catches and scored a touchdown uh, and he has out targeted Alan Lazard in the two games that Lazard has returned I I think Dobbs. I mean, I would rank him as a top 30 wide receiver rest of the season, I think. So Dobbs and Burks, if they've been dropped in your league, I would uh, pretty aggressively go after them. Isaiah McKenzie had a really good role last week. Um, he needs to be added. Zay Jones, I, I don't believe he's going to hold this 21% target share for the Jaguars. Someone probably wants him a little bit more than I do. You know, I would definitely want Dobbs, definitely want Burks more than him, whatever. He seems fine. Um, I'm letting someone else take Matt Collins. I know Holland's absolutely smashed in that game, but like whatever. I mean, he's Matt Collins. He's been in the NFL since 2017. That was his first 100-yard game. Uh, he has out-targeted Devontae Adams the last two weeks. I I just I just don't buy it at all. I, I Holland's not a guy I'm interested in. You you guys are probably ready for me to tout LaVisca Chenault. I mean, I guess it can't really get worse for the Panthers, so why wouldn't they play this guy? He played 11 offensive snaps, scored a 67-yard touchdown, and also played as their kick returner. You know, I've made worse $1 bids. I, I bid $1 on Demarcus Robinson before, so I, I can probably bid a dollar on the Visca Chenault in the main event. It's uh, it's not the absolute worst. Um, let's see what happens with this Jacoby Myers, uh, you know, multi-week injury. 
but or if it turns into a multi-week injury, Kendrick Bourne got his first like offensive snaps, uh, first meaningful offensive snaps this last week. Got five targets, four receptions, fifty-eight yards. Uh, obviously, Devontae Parker got dropped in your league as well. He seems like a a solid pickup. Uh, and also, just a reminder on Sky Moore, same thing as the Burks thing. He is worth probably a small pickup. Uh, tight end remains like the worst position I've ever seen in fantasy football. Tyler Conklin, the only guy out there uh, for Yahoo leagues, uh, the, which is the ownership percentage that we use to uh, to look these up. He's he's apparently rostered. I don't know how this is true in 21% of Yahoo leagues, but I would definitely uh, err on the side of trying to pick him up. He has been basically the best streaming tight end this year. A couple really deep guys for those of you who are playing in the FFPC main event, though. Peyton Hendershot played 59% of the Cowboys snaps with Dalton Schultz out, got targeted three times, got three catches. Schultz will probably be back, but as we saw last year with Schultz, you know, when when Jarwin stunk and uh, and then got hurt was that the receiving tight end handcuff for Dallas is is probably a pretty good hold especially when they don't really have a second or third wide receiver. Gallup's still not back. Uh, oh, and I meant to mention Jalen Tolbert in the wide receiver section as well. He was active in his first game on Monday Night Football against the Giants, played 29% of the snaps. If if he's good, I think he's going to work his way into that rotation maybe as soon as next week, uh, but definitely by week five. Now, again, this is if he's good. I have no idea if Jalen Tolbert's good, don't have a real opinion, but he's probably better than Semi Fahoko. Maybe he's better than Noah Brown. We'll see. Uh, and then, and then two really deep tight end ads. Uh, we already talked about Hendershot. Already talked about Conklin, Greg Dulcich. Probably no positional group has been worse than the Broncos' tight ends. Albert O, Eric Sober, uh, Tomlinson. I don't even remember Tomlinson's. I think it's I think it's Eric as well. Uh, and then Andrew Beck. They they all stink. Uh, this offense needs something. You know they've been basically the most disappointing offense in football up until this point. Dulcich, I believe, is expected. I mean, the earliest he could come back is week five. It didn't sound like it was a super bad injury. You know, it sounded like he should be able to get back. We'll see. Um, but if he if he does get back and if he is healthy, I think he's just going to immediately become the starting pass catching tight end for the Broncos. You know, rest in peace to our Albert O'Bags. I think he's an extremely good stash in tight end premium. And then um the worst waiver wire recommendation I can make is take a look at the Eagles tight ends. Uh, Dallas Goddard suffered like a little small injury this last week and Jack Stoll came in and played snaps while he was out. Um, you know, whatever Jack Stoll is a pure blocking tight end. You know, I would, I would, uh, I would actually kind of compare him to uh, a Dalton Schultz. Actually Stoll played at Nebraska, 61 receptions, six touchdowns, very similar to the role that uh, our guy Dalton Schultz played at Stanford. The more interesting guy, God, this is so deep is Grant Calcaterra who played at Oklahoma and at SMU. He was a former, you know, like number one overall in his class tight end recruit when he committed to Oklahoma. He suffered a bunch of concussions and then retired for a year and then came back and played for SMU. But uh, in in the short time frame he did play, I mean, he had three touchdowns as a true freshman, six touchdowns uh, in 2018 at Oklahoma, then suffered an immediate concussion in 2019, came back. 38 receptions, 465 yards, four touchdowns for SMU. But that I think the interesting thing is that he got drafted. He was not an undrafted free agent. So uh, Grant Calcaterra is this week super, 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 super deep cut for uh, for tight end premium leagues. Hope that was useful, everyone. Hope that was helpful. And uh, we'll be back a little bit later in the week. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 